Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Real Lives Untold podcast with myself, Sarah O'Connor. And myself, Trina O'Connor. We're focusing on all things crime and human interest, creating a space for people to tell their stories, the raw, unedited version. So 30 years on from the disappearance of Annie McCarrick, we speak to retired detective Alan Bailey. Alan headed up the task force investigating the case of six missing women in the Leinster area in the 1990s. He talks about the circumstances of the American woman's disappearance, the significance of the case being upgraded recently to a murder inquiry and the potential leads Gardaí might now be looking into. The former cold case investigator speaks about other cases and the work he's doing now as a manager of the Capuchin Day Centre in Dublin. So Trina, today we're going to talk about Annie McCarrick uh, uh, amongst other missing women. It's hard to believe that it's been 30 years since she went missing. It is, yeah. I think it's interesting now that it's been declared a murder case now. Yeah. I think a lot of people will be interested in that, why, why it didn't happen before now, yeah, for example. Um, and also, I suppose... Do on Garda Shia have something that has encouraged them to mm. update it to a murder? I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, I think there's a lot of speculation, isn't there? Yeah. But really, yeah. they have to start from scratch, yeah. don't they? And, yeah. and look at all the statements, look at all they've collated, look at all the documents. Yeah. And who knows, with any of those statements, something might come up that they go, right, that person, you know, did say this and we may have missed it. You yeah. know, and I also think in the passage of time in a lot of these cold cases, what you'll find sometimes is relationships may have broken down yep. over time. So people that may have been neglecting to tell information or may not have out of felt, fear. Yeah, maybe yeah. out of fear or maybe they didn't join the dots, mm-hmm. you know, um, something might come to them in that time. So I think it's always good um, when we revisit cases like these. Yeah. But I always feel for the families. Yeah. Um, Can you remember? Oh, oh, yeah. I, March, I remember. I remember all of them women because um, actually one of them, I can't remember her name. Maybe our guest might be able to tell us when we go back and chat there. Um, I was at a Christmas do. It was around Christmas and it was one of these big, you know, I think it was an ABBA-esque or something like that or Nightline or something like that. They were called, I can't remember. Um, and it was, you know, cabaret thing. And then the next morning uh, or, or a couple of days later, I saw on the paper this lady was missing. And she was actually at that do. In the hotel I was in. So that kind of, you know, that that kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. And then there was lots of women went missing. Yeah. So I think women of my age and your age 
probably remember because we would have been around the same age. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a pretty scary time. Yeah. And even though I would have been I grew up in Cork, so I was in school at the time. But I remember that her face, Annie McCarrick's yeah. face on the news. Yeah. And it was a huge story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This lovely American woman Beautiful. that had come over to study here and live here and had yeah. huge connections and yeah, loads of friends. Yeah, fell in love with Ireland and then yeah. just vanished. And so many like her. And then so many after it was a re it was quite a scary time for women. Yeah, absolutely. Like it really was. And we're yeah. going to talk to uh, Alan Bailey now, former and retired Detective Sergeant Alan Bailey. And he headed up Operation Trace, yeah. uh, which was re-looking at the disappearance of these women in the 90s. Alan, can you maybe start by telling us about your career in in Angartha Síochána? Okay, when I retired in 2011, I had had 39 years service in Angartha Síochána. My service is somewhat different in that I was only three years in uniform. I went into plain clothes in 1975. My first murder investigation in 76. And kind of, I never went back into uniform. I, I actually did. I did one day in uniform. Mm-hmm. I promoted to sergeant and then on to detective sergeant. But I had to do my day in uniform as a uniform sergeant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, 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 a great career, very interesting job. I enjoyed every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1998, the Garda Commissioner, the then Garda Commissioner, set up a specialist task force uh, to look into the disappearances of a number of girls. You mentioned Annie McCarrick. Yep. But there's a number of other girls that also had gone missing in or around the same time between 1993 and 1998. Um, and it was and six cases in particular, cases wasn't it? Total, yeah. and, and there's lots of theories about that. Lots like, of theories. Like, and I mean, would it be that we, I know you would have looked for connections between yeah. them and all that, and you could tell us about that, but the some people would say a lot of it was just copycat kind of stuff going on, and it was just coincidental. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them did look like each other. It, it did, yeah. And yeah. when you looked at the... the the victims themselves, yeah. there was a commonality there mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them, a lot of them disappeared on the open road. Again, you're saying to yourself, that's a, com- yeah. that's a commonality. Um, the one thing you weren't allowed to mention when the unit was set up was you couldn't mention serial killer. Right. Mm-hmm. No, this, you, you didn't go there. Yeah. Now, what, why, Alan? Uh, it's because uh, all the connotation of a serial killer. Okay. You, you didn't In terms to, of the public fear. The public, you didn't yeah. want to panic people. You didn't want to so have people. So it wasn't for the yeah. public good to But what did up. your gut instinct tell you when you were looking at those well, cases? When we started out, at the, at the outset, we were saying to ourselves, well, you know, you can't, dis- you certainly couldn't discount it. Yeah. And it'd be at your peril if you did. Yeah. So why are you saying that we weren't looking for serial killer? We were certainly looking for commonalities in the disappearances that was suggested maybe one or more persons were involved in the disappearance of more than one of the, okay. of the females. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose at, by we were set up in 1998 and by about 2001 or 2002, we were satisfied that in, in three of the cases, there was no linkage with the other cases. We okay. would say that in three of the cases, the victims knew the person responsible for their abduction and murder. Okay. And and those were the cases of Fiona Pender, Fiona Bender, Kira Breen and Fiona Sinner. Yeah. So in the three other cases, Jojo Dollard, Deirdre Jacob, Deirdre Jacob and, Annie McCarrick. and Annie McCarrick. were the three that we never resolved. We could, ne- we could never bring them any further than mm-hmm. they were brought all together. Now, in the three cases, the Fiona Sinner, Fiona Pender um, and Kira Breen, we never had enough established sufficient evidence to bring them to court. Yeah. But we were satisfied hand on heart that we could say with full certainty who was responsible for them. Right. Okay. 
Which is so, so sad that so, no justice was So do people listening to that, Alan, what, what happens then? Do the people that you're satisfied did it, what, what happens to them? Do they get watched by On Garda yeah, Sheikh? And, and so what happens to them and after? Or, yeah. And they're arrested and there's a, a lot of, an awful lot of inquiries made. The problem is they've cast iron alibis. Yeah. And they've cast iron alibis to this day. Okay. And when you're in, when you go back on these cases, they review them in years later, that's the appeal you're always making. You're always making an appeal mm. to the person who's given the alibi. Okay. It may be given for some misguided reason, for misguided loyalty, fear of the person, yeah. any number of things. And you're saying with the passage of time, let's revisit why you didn't come up at the time. And we'd say to those people, we don't condemn you for not coming forward. Mm. If you have it, come forward now. And so, you've been calling for the Annie McCarry case to be upgraded to a murder inquiry yeah. for years, for back years. to 2002. 2002 it's now 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, and now it has finally been upgraded to murder. And it's something I, I welcome because it's now a crime that must be resolved and you must put all your resources into it. So it's starting from scratch again, okay. which, mm-hmm. which is a very positive thing. But it's a huge task a ahead huge of them task. now, isn't it? They have. And then... We found that I, I was subsequently was appointed as sergeant in charge of the Garda Cold Case Unit. Mm-hmm. In two, that was established in 2007. And we had a, a waiting matrix for for selecting cases. Yeah. And uh, I suppose some of the cases of missing girls, you're saying to yourself, wouldn't t- wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be touching them straight off because there was very little. You lacked crime scenes. You, you lacked, the, of course, the body, which is the most mm. important, an awful thing to say, but... In homicide investigation, your your body is your central, yeah. and you're working out from that. Yeah. So, in, so this was the this, opposite. In the exact opposite, we didn't even have crime scenes because you could say that we say Annie got a bust in a scary, Annie was in Johnny Fox's. But mm. where was Annie in between those? Yeah, but we don't know that for sure, sure though, Alan. Like, That's all the, only thing, the only thing we know for sure is that she was in Sandy Mount in the AIB bank. Th- Everything uh, else was on the ward of other people. And, so. the, and the reason we know she was in Sandy Mount is because she was on CCTV. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. AIB, and there's yeah. no other CCTV, but that was of the time also. Yeah. And they have yeah. a receipt from the supermarket. That's correct, yeah. That was left in the bags inside the front door That's of her right. apartment. Yeah, yeah. So she, she did visit the supermarket, she did visit the bank. Yeah. Now the the bus driver on the bus that brought her from Sandy Mount to to, to uh, the Ranella remembers Annie running across the green to get the bus, and a number of witnesses in the shops also remember Annie because Annie was a very striking female. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And, yeah, yeah. They remember her running full tilt across the green mm-hmm. to catch the bus, mm-hmm. and I often speculate that had Annie missed that bus. Yeah, I know. How much different, you know. Imagine her parents. Yeah. Because it was getting late, wasn't it? It was, it was, well. yeah. yeah. And this, this time of year, you know. Yeah, and she was going to, for a walk by herself. Walk. No, she had contacted a female friend of hers that morning and told her she was going for the yeah. walk and asked yeah. her to join her. But the friend had actually fallen and twisted her ankle. Oh so goodness. she couldn't go. But, yeah. but her friend was on, um, her friend from America was on um, the other night and she was talking about this whole theory about Annie going for a walk. Yeah. And she said she finds that a little bit difficult to believe because of the weather that night and that she doesn't believe that Annie would have went on her own. So while she may have wanted to go for yeah. a walk because her friend couldn't go, um, her American friend says she finds it hard to believe yeah. that she went for a walk. So that kind of would yeah. make you question, did she even go for a yeah, walk? But I, I, yeah, and I can say with certainty that I spoke to the 
witness who put Annie on the bus, right. the 44 bus okay. in Ranella. Yeah. And the reason that witness remembers it so well is she'd been down the country visiting her sick mother mm. and was only back in Dublin that day. Mm. And Annie got on the bus. She was moved down for The bus is very full. Mm. So she was adamant. You know, well, that she saw that her, she yeah. saw Annie, yeah. and yeah. that's why she was so adamant about the date as well. You know, yeah. And then yeah. there's the post office in Enniskerry as post, well. Yes, and you see, you have, again, you have all these sightings, but you don't have any CCTV. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. whilst people say that I am adamant, I saw her, mm-hmm. the doorman at Johnny Fox is adamant he saw yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, but there's nothing else. So yeah. tell us about what, and and we know from your book, Pre- uh, missing presumed, what you wrote about Johnny Fox's. Tell us. About that, yeah. what happened? Well, yeah. what what okay. did you hear, or what, okay. what did sources yeah. tell you? The story we were told is on the night Johnny Fox, there's a concert on it in Johnny Fox's pub, one of these uh, Irish music concerts. Yeah. Diddly, I yeah. Diddly, yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's there's um, an interest fee. I, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the the doorman who gave evidence subsequently about it being Annie recalls seeing a, a girl walking through. Just walking through into the hall, yeah. Or the, yeah. And he called her back to tell her that there was a, um, there's an entrance fee, and they would too, yeah. Yeah, I've been up there myself and been yeah. called back a few times, yeah. trying some of the hands. And she, he said, <laughs> it, when he said it, the, the, a man behind this, yeah, Annie McCarrick, that he yeah. says, yeah, said, I'll get that. Yeah. And he said, it was obvious in the body language that they, they weren't together, yes, right. you know, yeah. So Annie did turn and thank this man, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but that, so that's your. Johnny Fox sighting. Yeah, but now, also was there another American woman in there who there was, looked like her uh, was, and was wearing her, similar clothes? Uh, yeah, with her mother. And what are the so, chances? So much, yeah, mm. so much so that, well, and the doorman and did meet with that lady, and he's adamant it's not. He's adamant it was a different yeah. woman. Yeah, and she went in with her mother. So again, the scenario yeah. about the money didn't. Yeah. So and these I, witnesses were really certain. Sorry, Trina. Yeah, these witnesses were really certain. Absolutely. When they were absolutely. giving you these statements, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. you can't dispute. If someone comes in and is that adamant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I must take yeah. it that, yeah. as far as they're concerned. They're telling the, and telling and the did truth. he recall seeing her leaving? No, and Annie, so, no. so did anyone... No, and that's the problem. And nobody right. else came, and no one else in the pub came forward to okay. say, I saw her. As well. As well. Right. But equally, no one else in the pub came forward to say, no, that was me and... Yes, that right. That yes. I paid the money. So the person that, who paid yeah, for Annie never has never forward. come forward. Yeah. Or the female that... That was walking in, and your man called back. Right. Never came forward. Okay. Yeah. And there was such publicity around her Absolutely, disappearance yeah, at the yeah, time yeah, that yeah. everyone would have been really aware of it. Yeah, like yeah. I was in school, and mm. I think I was fifteen at the time. Yeah. I would have been really aware yeah. of it down in Cork. So, I think, yeah. so I think people in the was, area yeah. would have been yeah. hyper vigilant. Yeah. 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 And um, th- that's the amazing thing about it is there's so few other witnesses. Yeah. You know, um, if Annie got the bus to send him or to from from uh, Ranella to Enniskerry. She arrived there sometime around half one, two o'clock, mm. and it's that's the vis- that's the big problem, is that it period between two o'clock we say, and seven o'clock yeah, with the sighting of Johnny Fox. Yeah, that's a lost lost mm. hours. We mm. don't know what happened or where Annie was, if it was Annie during that intervening period. Mm. And and there is a walking theory, isn't there, Alan, on who this male may have been? Would you care to tell us a little bit about that that theory? Yeah. A, a theory that uh, now there was information that came in much later. In okay. The day. I think about two thousand seven or two thousand and eight. Right. Now, if I'm right, I, I think I'm not wrong in that. Yeah. That um, the theory was that the the, the man who's who called who said I'll pay, mm. uh, joined Annie inside the pub. Now Annie's background in New York was kind of 
Irish clubs and you know yeah. she was part of the Irish scene. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So this gentleman would appear. It's alleged was a active in IRA circles in the north of Ireland. Okay. And was actually hiding out in a safe house in the Ratfarnham area because it got too hot for him. Whatever his exploits up there were. Right. But that um, because he was the man who offered to pay the money for for Annie, and that in a bid to impress Annie, as you say, as, yeah. you know, you know, yeah, that he may have been talking about his exploits for the cause, yeah. and and that well, he had, there was a few drinks on board yeah, for him, exactly, and where yeah. Annie might have been intrigued or even impressed at the start. Yeah, I think it may the story is that it be it got very personal, it got very um detailed in what he was talking about. So she was frightened probably. Yes, frightened of it. And at the same time he had also realised that he had gone a little bit too far in that. In his showing off he had had told revealed names and things like that. So that he had suggested to Annie who was seriously gone cold on him that he's going back into town and that he'd give her a lift back in and drop her wherever you know. And that reluctantly she agreed. Because at that stage, at yeah, that yeah. hour of the night, yes, exactly. you know, our, our, our politeness. I yeah. mean, so yeah. many women now yeah. politeness yeah. Um, exactly. rather than yeah. aggravation yeah. and the easiest thing to do. And and that story, though, wh- who who gave the evidence to that story? Well, like, did the, did the doorman that, that remembers this man paying for her remember an accent from that man? Or no. who did the barman hear this no, conversation? This, this information that came in from what was considered at the time a reliable source. Okay. Was it yes. somebody in prison or somebody associated? Some, yeah, somebody associated yeah. with your, with your that man. That he was... So he... They were saying they were told this by this man. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, Later. Okay. Yes, yeah. Okay. And that that man would subsequently have gone back up north and would have uh, blotted his copybook with uh, the family of another active okay. IRA man and that for that reason he was given the chance to go to America or face the consequences yeah. here. Yeah. And has he been ruled in or out, or where no, did that still, lead take it? Yeah, and that lead takes me to that, that this he's still a person of interest. Oh, he's right. still there and has never been eliminated. Oh, okay. And we've heard arrests are imminent, and I, I was thinking, yeah. would, would that have been somebody they were interested I, again, in? But, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. No names, no scandal well, no, here, I, I, Alan. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, out, I'm outside the loop, anyway. Well, I know. Yeah. You are yeah. all right, yeah. Alan. <laughs> so, so I suppose that's one theory. Yeah. But there are other people. Who have whose names have been attached there to are, there this? Are. Um, would you care to maybe speak to some of them? Maybe. Well, I suppose the obvious one, that, it's like the elephant in the room, is yeah. our Larry Murphy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Larry Murphy became a person of interest to the investigation purely and simply because Larry Murphy was involved in a crime in Carlow in the year two thousand, in which a, a girl was abducted off the side of the road in a busy town mm. uh, early in the evening. Well, half seven, eight o'clock in the evening. But nobody saw anything. No. Absolutely no one And the only reason that that girl was uh, saved and uh, lived mm. was the happenstance that he was in the process of trying to kill her when yeah. some two lads who were out lamping foxes yeah. ju- just happened just to drive in. Yeah. And actually knew Larry from an incident in a pub the previous Sunday. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. he. Uh, Larry panicked pushed her away from his car, jumped into and drove away. Yeah, so that would so have been four years after Annie went. So his it, would have been, yeah, it was uh, 2007 yeah. years after Annie, but only two, two years, years after, after Deirdre Deirdre. Jacob. So know. his MO, that was kind of the yeah, link, yeah. so, so the motor stopped even, around yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, it's even how he did it, you know. The yeah. fact he was waiting in the car park that 
she t- he asked her for the money because she was locking up her business. Mm. And she had the take, day's takings in her bag. Mm. And she thought that she was going to rob the money. Yeah. So she, when she was fumbling with her car door open, he actually struck her and drove her into her car, oh across the passenger, well of the passenger seat, yeah. and then jumped in and drove over to where his own car was parked. Yeah. Yeah. All done very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, without anybody witnessing. Without anyone witnessing, yeah. 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 And, and this is a busy car park in the yeah. centre of a busy town. Yeah. So, so he hasn't been moved in or out? No, again, he's a person of interest. Or okay. the first time he's eliminated or otherwise. And, and has he been interviewed? Never, no. Why, why not? I suppose okay. people would be interested. Yeah. Why not? Okay, when he was, in, he was in prison. Okay. Okay, and when he was in prison, uh, there's a number of visits to the prison to interview him. Yeah. But the legislation at the time didn't permit you to do anything, only ask. Okay. So you presented at the prison and you either asked the prison authorities to ask him, or you asked him himself directly, was he prepared to allow himself to be interviewed? Yeah. And mm-hmm. he refused. Yeah. And you could do nothing. Nowadays you can actually go to court and get a warrant get to take someone out. Right, yeah, take yeah. them out for a while. So the MO would have been very similar to what ha- what the guard they believe happened to Deirdre yeah. Jacob yeah. In, in Newbridge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and potentially Jojo Dollar because yeah. it wouldn't have been too far away either. Yeah, and again, George was on the road in the middle of the night, yeah. you know. And I, I'd imagine, I think also that uh, when you talk about Jojo's case, that what you have to realise, that was a game-changer so with all of Irish society, that it was quite a common thing to see persons hitchhiking and tumbling a lift on yeah. the road. That all stopped. Yeah, That's, I can that imagine. That did stop, yeah. It's so poignant. I remember going down to the where the phone box would have been yeah, in yeah, Moon yeah. and uh, when they upgraded her yeah. case to murder yeah. a few years back. Yeah, very, very sad. Yeah, yeah. But they also have a number of leads in relation to Jojo Dollar, don't they? Oh, there are, there are there the whole thing and there are people of interest in that as well. Yeah. But it's, and would there be any that we would have heard of, Alan, people of interest? I there? wouldn't think so, no. 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 Yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And then, of course, uh, two, was it two years ago? They started searching. Yeah. It was October 2021. They yeah, started, they started searching 4,000 
acres in, in Taggartstown. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I would have a lot of criticism of that. Right. Yeah, OK, because they made a media circus yes. out of this search. Mm-hmm. Bust the media down, we're going to search here. That's mm-hmm. right. And I would maintain, and we maintained in Operation Trace, we, I mean, we dug holes in ditches all over the country on Operation Trace, and we'd have our information, we'd go out, we'd do our dig, and then if the local media got to hear about well, yes, we have done a dig, yeah. and it's gone. Yeah. Or we could go back and tell the person who gave the information that dig has been done. And we dug up the weirdest of things. Right. Uh, but, I mean, people were genuinely giving information, you know. And yeah. yeah the pets that were buried. Yeah. And, uh, all sorts, all sorts. You we, think they should have waited till it was done and dusted and, and they had found yeah, nothing. Yeah, and I, I also think the big thing you're doing in it is you're empowering your culprit. Yeah. Why? Because you're saying, I ain't going digging a field here yeah. in, in Moon. Yeah. I know my victim is buried. That's right. 30 miles away. That's so right. you're telling them we know nothing. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think it's... it's yeah. yeah, the motivation for that was a little bit shocking for me too. I was like, I, I do think sometimes the guards have come in for such a hard time the last yeah. couple of years that it's possible that they wanted to show that they were trying to that, do something. But, but they were yeah. losing sight of yeah. actually yeah. the proper investigation yeah. process when yeah. you're dealing with yeah. somebody who's psychopathic like this. You, you know, um, and, and then it stopped, Alan. A lot of this stopped. Yeah. Like It happened for a period of time. Operation Trace was there. So where are things now? Is Operation well, Trace guess, still well, there? Well, or? With Operation Trace, I was appointed Operation Trace in 1998. Yeah. It was wound down in 2002. Oh, I no, I was uh, I was retained as the national coordinator going forward from that. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the six cases, the six principal cases, if anything came in on those cases, it was referred to myself and I gave delegated, out, yeah. delegated yeah, yeah. back to the investigation teams. So at, at all times, there was a role for Operation Trace. And then when I was appointed to the cold case unit in 2007, I brought all that in with me. Mm-hmm. So... When I retired in 2011, then somebody else was appointed yeah. to look after the Operation Trace case. So it's, it's their ongoing case. So it's yeah. still ongoing. Yeah. And how did you deal with the family members yeah. of those missing women? Well, that, it must have been so tough because it, it, even talking to guards now, managing their expectations yeah, yeah. must be so and difficult. And I think the establishment, establishment of Operation Trace gave a lot of hope to a lot of people. Yes. You know, and then... Um, yeah. The, the families then did a lot of false dawns with searches mm. and so and again again these highly publicised searches yes. drive me mad mm. because I know what families go through every yeah. time it yeah. happens yeah. Yeah. and then and then when when, when nothing comes of it then and you have the family disappointed again you know and you're saying to yourself are you doing the family any <coughs> any yeah. good you know really and truly are you are they being re-traumatised yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And you obviously dealt with John and Nancy McCarrick yeah, during yeah. your time. Yeah. And, and, and John I, has since passed away. John has passed away. And Nancy, I last spoke to Nancy in 2011 mm-hmm. because I rang her to tell her that I was retiring, but the name of the guard going forward, it's very important that people have somebody to contact. You know? Yeah, that continuity is yes, so yeah. important. Yeah. So she was saying to me, at, that stage, at this stage, she said, all I want is I want my daughter back. Yeah. That's all I want. Or to know, to know yeah, where to she know, is, yeah. to bury um, her, yeah. We, that's one thing in the cold case, we found in the cold case unit was that um, the families were left out of the loop. Right. For years and years, until the establishment of the family liaison officer. Yes. Yeah. And that's a very, very important person. But there's a time to the guards investigation so nobody but the guards knew what was going on mm. at best if the father called to the station he might be told something or other mm. but 
very, very limited. Yeah. I was talking to a woman whose, daughter, whose son had been shot dead in a robbery maybe <coughs> 25 years ago, before we were talking to her. And she was saying, you know, she said, you're the first policeman ever spoke to me. My God. She said, there's a policeman, they had a pull. There's a policeman who's come in here occasionally and sit up at the counter and he talked to me, to my husband, her late husband, mm -hmm. and he might tell him, well, look, we're still doing this, we're doing that. But she said, if I was standing there and I said to him, how are things going, he wouldn't talk to me. He yeah. wouldn't address me. Yeah, it, 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 it was a different society yeah, in Ireland. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, of its time. Yeah. doesn't make it right. No. I suppose one of the things that I'm interested in, Alan, and I know um, Sarah is as well, is the toll that I may have taken on you personally. Like, how did you... I know you, you're concerned for the for the parents and the families and you talk about how it must have affected them. Surely all of these really, you know, awful murders yeah. and disappearance would have had a toll on your own yeah, and self. It, it, it was something that back in my day you couldn't admit you to. couldn't talk about it, yeah. I yeah. remember after one particular very very horrific murder in the grounds of, of a mental hospital in Dublin yeah uh, I remember the one yeah, yeah and the, 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 the psychiatrist in charge approached uh, our authorities and there was I think there was the two guards initially three guards that were at the scene initially and there maybe another three or four of us mm. while the bodies were still in situ yeah and we'd had to visit because if you're going doing the subsequent investigation, you have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she approached our authorities and said that um, she was prepared to sit down and talk with her. You know, just one on one like with us. Like a debrief for you. Yeah, to yeah. help us through it. Yeah. Not at all. They go out and have a few pints tonight, they'll be all. Yeah. You know? Decompress that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, that was of the time. Yeah, yeah. And you'd never admit that this, you know, that it had an effect on you. Has it changed now, do you think? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But uh, I remember one of the young uniform guard, they were at the scene that morning. He was on his probation. He was almost finished his two years probation and he left the job. Mm. You know, he came back about 10 years later. But he said to me he, he couldn't, he just couldn't take it. Yeah, yeah. And it, them kind of peer supports that we have on Garda Shikhan, really, they're not good enough, really. Well, it, at we the do, time it wasn't. But they're still not good yeah. enough. I mean, we know they're not. We yeah. know that on Garda Shikhan really need more yeah. resources in but, that area. But the big thing was, are you a man? Are you not a man? One of the things they've been talking about in relation to Annie McCarrick yeah. before we move on is that brown satchel, a mm. brown bag yeah. that she had. Why is that of such relevance? Well, it, it may be relevant for a number of reasons. Number one, if it was taken as a souvenir by the culprit, it's still there and yeah. it'll be something that'll tie because you will find Annie's DNA on it yeah. to this, still to this day. Yeah. And if you, if, it had, if you can link the bag to, to Annie, you can link him to Annie, that yeah. kind of way. And, uh, mm. and uh, souvenirs are not unusual for not somebody unusual to keep all, it. No. Yeah. It's, it's amazing people don't well it's not something again you're openly discussing but mm. there are people who do take souvenirs yeah. of the crime with them yeah. Yeah. so that would be one good reason if the statue was located there's no doubt if it was handled by the culprit you will get DNA on it yeah. Yeah. Now, back in the day back in 93 if you got that satchel, you'd have a look and see any bit of brass locker and yeah. you look for fingerprints. Mm. You might be looking for blood, but that was it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, the, and the new modern technologies we have now, do you think they hinder or help um, cold cases? Oh, they help. They're they great. help. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Uh, you, you saw that case, the, the Kerry Beard. Yeah. 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 And again, that's forensic advances. Yes. That you can do familial DNA. It's not even the culprit. Yeah. It's yeah. a cousin or whatever of the 
mm. yeah. of people of interest to it. And yes, were you in, were you involved in that case at all? Sherry, yeah. the initial review we took it in in two thousand and ten or two thousand eleven. Oh, you right, did, yeah. you and were that, involved in the initial review. Yeah, but that was only kind of establishing the the matrix for finding out what was available and all yeah. that. You know. Right. Well, um, have you any thoughts on it, Alan? What your what's your response to what's happened the last know, couple of I, days? I, I'm very I'm delighted that it has happened. Mm. It'll bring closure to a lot of people. There's mm. a lot of people hurt. Yeah. Not only the victim and the secondary victims, but jo- jo- Joanna Hayes and her family and who her made family. false confessions. Yeah, and the way to stride herself and yeah. her family. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting though how a lot of that community has really closed ranks and actually we're hearing their pillars of the community and they wouldn't even drop a sweep a rapper and all that kind yeah. of talk. Um it kind of harks back to old Ireland some in some it, ways. It does in some it? ways, yeah. 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 You, you never suspect that your next door neighbour is the yeah. killer or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um Yeah. It's it, look, I'm sorry, I just I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I just um was asking you about that. So maybe we might move on yeah. and talk about Let's, what what yeah. wonderful Alan is doing now because oh, what I love about about, about yeah. you is that you did all this work as a service to the community as a service to the country and you haven't stopped so maybe you might tell us about what you've been doing well, since you yeah. in air quotes retired because okay. it doesn't sound like you did tell us what you've been up to well, okay um, I, I joined the Guardian in 1972 and I was stationed in the in Dublin yeah and back then we lived in the station mm. you know in a converted cell in the station <laughs> I bet it was good crack, though. Uh, the local Capuchin monks, brother, yes. brother Kevin and them, the, the Capuchin, local Capuchin friary, did come down, did mix in with with, with, the, with us, with, especially with the recruits, and you'd be told, here, come up to the day centre tomorrow, you can serve the bread and soup mm. for the day. So I suppose I got involved back then and uh, kind of stayed in touch and stayed involved with the day centre over the years. I was um, director of it, during the 80s and 90s. So when I retired in 2011, I was involved all along, when I retired in 2011, I went in as manager. Now at the outset, back in 72, it was men only, and there's 20 or 30 men a day, and the idea was that we had a prefab in the yard of the friary, and they could sit in all day and drink soup and play cards and things like that, mm. because if they went outside, nine times out of ten, they were going to be arrested for something. Yeah, yeah. You know? So... Uh, and uh, the guard authorities at the time were very much in agreement with, with the guard being involved as well. So it grew from that. And, and during the 70s and 80s, we had a heroin epidemic in the Dublin city centre. And we started letting women into the centre because there would be a huge ho- mm. female homeless population. Yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah, and um, I suppose it grew from there. They were taking full families. Now, we had a, a family area inside in the Caption Day Centre that could accommodate 18 children. 18 mm. children and parents. Yeah. So we've now increased that to 54. We built an extension on during lockdown mm. th- because the numbers have grown that much. Um, our average daily mi- dinners now are 750. Oh my and goodness. our breakfasts are somewhere in the region, wow. 300, 320. Wow. Tomorrow morning, or Wednesday morning, we'll have um, we d- we give out a, a grocery bag, a food parcel, and we'll have 1,400 people queuing for that. My God. So, That's I mean, astonishing. It's, it's gone. It's it, huge. So people that were donating, I think you said this before, yeah, last year yeah. are now availing yeah. of this. And it's not it's not only just homeless people because it's people that, they may have um, a job and they may have all this, but there's a day in the week or a yeah. day in the month or two days in the month mm. where they have nothing. They can't stress. So they they're, can't the, stress. they're the walking poor. 
they, they can't yeah, stretch yeah. with everything else. And, wow. and so you've been there for around 13 years now, 12, That's 13 about, yeah. years. Um, full time, full time. Full time. Yeah. Where yeah. do you get your energy from? Yeah. I don't know. And you <laughs> cycle as well. I do. Yeah, to work. Yeah. Good on yeah. you. Yeah. Good yeah. on you. Mm. Fantastic. I, I got a bicycle during lockdown, um, and I tried to cycle, but I could only turn left. What? And yeah, no, I got myself into a terrible pickle. And my neighbours were all sitting in the garden. It was during lockdown. We were all locked into, you know, the two kilometre. And I was going left all the time. And eventually, one of my neighbours got up and went down, knocked on my man's door, and said, "Because I live beside my mother." Uh, Catherine, you're going to have to get Trina because she keeps shouting as she cycles by the house. Get my mother. My mother <laughs> had to run out and stop me. So I'm not a great cyclist. But um, sorry, that's just an aside. Um, There's nothing like cycling in Dublin. <laughs> I know. It's the only way to get around, yeah, isn't it? Really, um, truly, yes. So yeah. Trina, no. No. If ter- you're going left, it's a good way. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But with the home- homeless thing, Alan, um, well, what's your thoughts on it? I mean, this whole eviction ban um, being well, lifted and... How do you feel about what's going on? And that's what I tell you. We don't get involved. Oh, yeah. okay. No, and okay. the reason we don't get involved, yeah. it would be very easy to be sucked in one side or the other. So yeah, say, exactly. Look, it's if, somebody, if somebody comes in looking for a dinner, here's a dinner. Yeah. We don't want to know the service. You're not interested in, in, no. in the politics. And we had, we had that. Well, though. you can't. How could yeah, you? You can't. You can't differentiate. People. But uh, yeah. we had that now with a lot of Ukrainian refugees. Yeah. And they're coming in and people are saying, Oh, how can you? You know, the, no, know this, yeah, yeah, you know they're yeah. leaving you to go out and sleep inside yeah, the street. I know, I know. But they they would say to some of the people that if you saw where we're coming from, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's about empty. And and just I suppose to finish up, it'd be lovely. Um, Sarah, unless you've anything else to ask, I I just like to uh, talk about the award that you got. You got an award recently, um, the yeah. Capitans. Tell us a little we, bit about yeah, that. The Late Late Show St Patrick's Day Award for twenty twenty three. Yeah, uh, it was awarded to the volunteers at the Caption mm-hmm. Day Centre. We are very much dependent. We have a staff of 28. Yeah. Now, they w- you wouldn't have 28 a day working there, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, you're very much dependent on your volunteers because they're the people who work on the floor amongst the clients. And then um, without them, we wouldn't be able to keep, yeah. we certainly wouldn't be able to keep the same standard of service. Yeah. We yeah. pride ourselves on the, the quality of food we're giving. We have yeah. doctor, dentist, optician, Chiropodist, wow. dietitian. We we we've an awful lot of other services. They're all free. They're all non-judgmental. Uh, we were visited by no less than the Pope back in two thousand. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And there is a real longevity of staff as well. Like oh, staff. Is, yeah, yeah. Like it's kind of once you start. I mean, you said yeah. it yourself. You went in the seventies, and they still have a hold of you yeah, now. Yeah. Um, Alan, you're an amazing man. Yeah. Thank and, you. And I'm not the oldest working. You're there. not the oldest. I imagine you're not. Yeah. You. you don't look a day over. And you, this is your third interview today, as well <laughs> yeah. as being yeah. working yeah. from seven to three. So mm. fair play to you. We're so grateful to you to coming in and chatting to us. Thanks. Thanks so much, Alan. Now, since we recorded this episode, there have been a number of twists and turns in this 30-year-old case. We heard from friends and family of Annie McCarrick, including her mother Nancy in the recent RTE documentary Missing Beyond the Vanishing Triangle series. We heard that Annie had been harassed by a man and physically assaulted before her disappearance in March 1993. Gardy involved in the original investigation said they were not aware of this, that they didn't receive Fax's friends and family members said they sent shortly after Annie's disappearance. And most recently, it's been reported that Gardaí investigating Annie's murder and reviewing the case are now focusing on two men who spoke to investigators originally but had alibis. I caught up with Alan Bailey again to ask him about these two men. 
Alan, thanks again for coming back on the podcast with us. I just want to do an update with you because there have been a number of reports since the Annie McCarrick case has been upgraded to a murder inquiry. A number of reports of uh, potentially Annie being harassed or uh, allegations that she may have been assaulted and also that the Gardaí are now looking at two men uh, in that area who would be persons of interest. Now, I know that you know that these men were two men were interviewed at the time. What can you tell me about them? Yeah, I'm aware that at the time of her disappearance, these men were interviewed and they were re-interviewed as part of the Operation Trace a, a review of the case. Uh, they, they remain as persons of interest. They had they supplied alibi evidence at the time, which stood the rigours of all the tests. So that's as, that it still stands um, because of the review now they are considered to be persons of interest again. Do you know why they were interviewed in the first place? Uh, they were interviewed because they came into the investigation for some reasons and that um, uh, once their names are mentioned they had to be interviewed and that's followed the post seizure. So those two men are still alive and they would have been a good bit older than Annie at the time so they will now be, be spoken to I take it? That's correct yeah as far as I'm aware they, would, they have been or are about to be re-interviewed as part of the review. But that's all part of this review and the guards just to stress that they would be looking at this from scratch, taking it from the very beginning now. Yeah, it just started again as if there's a whole crime just just has been committed and it's a whole new investigation. Mm-hmm. In relation to what we've been hearing as well in reports that Gardaí are looking at the Sandy Mount area, do you think that's something that that's the right course of action? Well, certainly it is one of the course of action. It certainly... Um, you have to take everything at face value. So if you have information now to suggest that something may untoward may have happened in the Sandy Mount area, will you certainly revisit that area and anyone connected with it at the time? Is it possible, I know that you were talking about the, the two men and they have alibis, is it possible that this lead potentially or that this part of the investigation might lead to a break in this case? I can't honestly say that, but I will say that I would be delighted to see any development in the case for the sake of Annie and Annie's mother. Well, obviously we heard from, from Nancy on that documentary series and, and the sadness and the poignancy 30 years on is, is incredible. It's incredible. And I spoke to Nancy, the last time I spoke to her was 12 years ago, just prior to my retirement. And at that stage she said to me, all I want is my daughter back. And just finally to touch on reports also that Annie may have been assaulted before she disappeared, that she may have been harassed by a man. What do you know about that? I'm not aware of that, and I wasn't privy to it at the time. It, it wasn't something that came into our investigation at the time. We weren't aware of it. But that's certainly something I, I well, suppose guardian would have to have a look at. at, yes, certainly. Alan, thanks a million for that update. Meanwhile, Gardaí say they are carrying out a root and branch review of everything gathered as part of this investigation over the past 30 years. Exhibits, 5,000 documents, over 300 statements of evidence. They will re-interview witnesses where possible to see if anything comes of it. And they have already looked at a number of locations to see if they warrant a full-on search.
If anyone has information on the disappearance of Annie McCarrick, they can contact Irish Town Station in Dublin on 01 666 9600. Or indeed, if you have any information on any of the missing women, you can contact your local Garda station or the Garda confidential line on 1800 666 111. You can contact us on social media at Real Lives Untold. Our email address is reallivesuntold at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear this season's episodes every Wednesday. You can listen on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.